When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on VOCNation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, VOCNation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at VOCNation. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to what should be an exciting episode of WCW Retro. I'm your interim host, Howard Morgan, filling in for uh, Papa Stro as he continues to rehab and, and get better and stronger and hopefully back here in his rightful spot um, just as soon as, as possible. Um, you can um, call in and participate tonight. Um, on our new StreamYard platform at callvoc.com on any device, your smartphone, tablet, laptop, whatever it is that you use for streaming things, you can now call in and be very interactive with the show by logging into callvoc.com and just follow the prompts. Um, and then, you know, you can enter the studio and, and chat with us tonight. And I, like I say, over the last, couple of weeks um and i'm still learning the new platform um we've had some hiccups we've had some technical difficulties most of it is probably human error on my part and not really knowing what what i'm doing um but aside from that it's been pretty flat in the uh the wrestling world if you will um there hasn't been a whole lot going on um you know in, in the last couple of weeks um, we're only just a few short days away from the Royal Rumble, and we we only have probably uh, 10 or 15 men on the men's side committed to the Rumble. I um, think there's just a, a handful of women that have committed and thrown themselves into the, into the mix, if you will, for the Royal Rumble. Um, and there, there's no, no buzz around the Royal Rumble. Um, Cody Rhodes is, you know, the, the odds on favorite, um, that, you know, to, to win the whole thing, to, to win it all. Um, but again, it'd be interesting to see, um, um, you know, how, how it shakes out, who, you know, who comes out on top, who, um, 
who will be the winner and you know what what title they will be going after. Obviously, right now the one that would be ripe for the pickings would be Seth Rollins and all of his injuries. Um, especially with his knee. I'm not sure how long that's going to hold up. Um, and then the I guess bombshell report today coming out with a lawsuit against Vincent McMahon um, and his um, alleged um, sexual misconduct. Um, And I've read some of the reports, some of the, I guess, commentary. Um, I did manage to um, read the the actual court document itself. Um, And it's very... I don't even think disturbing is the right word. I think that is uh, an understatement of understatements. Um, very just disturbing, disgusting things that he's accused of. And again, excuse me, as of right now, you know, they, they are accusations. You know, he, the old saying is he will have his day in court, but if just a small portion of what's listed in a lawsuit is true. It doesn't make it any less disturbing or disgusting. Um, the um, um, allegations um, that were brought forth against um, Mr. McMahon. And we have joining us um, tonight, our very special co-host and Chaz Moretti. Chaz, brother, how are you doing today, brother? Oh, I'm doing okay. How are you? Um, I'm doing all right. I, like I said, it's been a slow couple of weeks in wrestling up until this week um and especially up until today with the with the new allegations against this man and it seems like he's kind of battled him back before but this one seems to be more um telling a little more detailed um you know it's it really is disturbing um i don't know if you had a chance to read it Chaz, or not um no i haven't uh, it's yeah. She goes into the, the, his accuser. I'm not, I'm not going to bring her name up, um, although it is in in the lawsuit. I won't bring her name into it as of yet. It goes into some very disgusting details and situations that she found herself in, where it it seems like, and again, these are just allegations that she was kind of down on her luck. She was looking for work, and you know, she went to work for Mr. McMahon. Um, and there were innuendos on what she had to do to keep her job and, you know, things that she had to do. And she described in very detail and dropped a, a lot of people's names um, in the lawsuit who were um, very high ups in the company. Um, John Laurinaitis is named in the suit. Um, and I, again, I, I had to stop reading it. I got through about six or seven bullet points of the things that she detailed and I had to stop. And I mean, it's pages and pages long of of the allegations brought against Vince McMahon. So we'll have to see how that how that shakes out, how that kind of comes around. I um, mean again, he'll have his day in court. Um, you know, and we'll sit in front of hopefully a jury of his peers and you know Does they, Vince have peers? <laughs> There's your first question. <laughs> it's, I mean PT uh, Barnum's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it's it would it's just very very heavy allegations. See, not, nothing is 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 minor in this at all. And like I said at the beginning, if even a quarter of what happened is true, it is is even disturbing enough. But 
the detail that um, she went into is is very dark and very, you know, awful stuff that she endured uh, starting. I think it started in 2019. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Did you ever see the movie um, and Justice for All with Al Pacino? And no, John Forsythe? No. It's about a judge who's accused of rape. And he hires he hires a lawyer that he despises as his defense attorney in the rape case. Mm. Only he uh, during the course of, of the movie, he admits to Al Pacino, who was the lawyer, that he did it and he'd do it again. And at the end of the movie, Al Pacino makes this passionate speech as his opening remarks exposing the entire thing and causing a mistrial. So, I mean, oh, who the wow. hell knows what's going on here with Vince, but uh, <laughs> wouldn't be surprised. Let's put it that way. You know, wow. as far as the last couple of weeks for me, at the risk of upsetting my wife, it's been fucking interesting. And at the risk yeah. of sounding like Jim Cornette, I'm pretty fucking pissed off still. <laughs> Cowardly and, and, rightfully, and, and, and rightfully so. I mean, well, let's let the people know what the hell happened. Cowardly ass fucking hackers got a hold of my social medias and decided to boot me out. And Facebook isn't doing a damn thing about it. So fuck them too. Uh, if you want to find me on my social medias, yeah, you can find me. I'm still there. You're gonna have to go look, and I ain't telling you where it's at. And I'm keeping I'm keeping pretty private about it. That's all I'm gonna say because the whole subject for the last couple of weeks has really gotten my wife upset because I've been upset. But other than that, I got good news from the doctor yesterday. Um, bionic fitting is going to be on February 19th, and I should be uh, having my new leg, uh, becoming an official friggin' cyborg, probably by <laughs> the early part of April. And by the early part of May, I should be uh, functioning about as close as I was before I had all this nonsense happen to me, So, which is always a good thing. No, no, that that's a good thing, you know. It, it, it's and it's encouraging news, and you know, you know, on top of everything you you endured with the injury, and now you have to deal with that nonsense on, um, eh, you know, on social not media. Not worried and about stuff. it. You know what? Whatever. So uh, I mean, getting slowly getting my contacts back, and I, I could give two shits less about being a digital creator. I think that's all <laughs> bullshit. Y- yeah. You know, the one the one expert computer expert told me this was a, a, a hacking program called Metasploit. Isn't it interesting that Metasploit and Facebook is now owned by Meta? So I think it's a uh, I think it's a a bit of a ironic twist that unless you buy the fourteen ninety nine package per month, all of a sudden you're getting fucking hacked. So fuck wow. Facebook, too. All right, I'm done acting like Jim Cornette for tonight. <laughs> well, yeah, that's you know it, it is, and, and it's funny because I don't want to say funny like ha ha funny, but every every month at work, um, we go through um, our cybersecurity, and they they constantly update us, and we have you know the company I worked for a few years ago was hacked, and all kinds of people's credit card information got out there. And oh yeah, it it cost the, you know the company you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to make it right, to put in place Facebook, all this other stuff. And, Facebook and they, turned off their customer service number. You can't call them. <laughs> okay, their help center is fucking useless. And all they all they told you to do, if you don't like it, go to your attorney general and file a complaint. 
okay. Yeah, along with tens of thousands of other people, right? Like, just get uh, from what I understand, it's six hundred thousand accounts a day are a day. being infiltrated. Wow. So who the hell knows? Wow. That but you know what it's going to be? It's going to be the end of Facebook because people are going to get pissed off and not use it anymore. Yeah. They're not going to use Facebook. They're not going to use Instagram. And Zuckerberg's going to take it in his shorts in his wallet where he deserves it. So, again, fuck him, too. Yeah, and, um, and, and, and that's actually the, the – and, and, and this will be the end of it um, – that they talked about – I took the class today, and it's just a – it's a 10-minute PowerPoint presentation, and you click through it, and they tell you that it starts with, um, you know, people, you know, be, oh, being overly – um, active on social media, you know, saying where they are and, you know, and, and it's great. Listen, cause now, you know, I'm hanging out with all my buddies and, you know, and, and we're at this concert tonight. Right. And now the hackers know where you are. They know kind of the venue you're in. They know, they know more about you from you posting where you're at. And yeah, well, you know, I mean, be careful about that. And this crew that, you know, who this you crew that got through from. my fire. Yeah. This crew that got through my firewalls and hacked my stuff. Supposedly it's from Vietnam. So we'll oh, wow. see. I guess they're wow. upset that their mother didn't put out enough during the fucking war. You know, she got, she wasn't the one on the uh, bull metal jacket. You got girlfriend Vietnam. Yeah. I'm in a good mood. <laughs> I can tell jazz is fired up tonight, but I'm glad to have you back, brother. I'm glad. Yeah, dude. Well, like I said, my tonight. wife said it the right way. You know, you're better off being minimally active on social media. Social media is going to be the depth of this fucking country. It really yeah, is. Absolutely, absolutely, it is. It's a, I was gone for three months and not a single motherfucker even noticed that I was fucking gone. And you were happy, weren't you? Oh, I was perfectly happy without Facebook. Yeah, that girl. But you know, <laughs> I mean, again, it's a great social media is are great for promoting, you know, more. But it's going to go back to where it used to be. It's going to go back to to flyers and word of mouth, and and that's about it. I deleted my Facebook the day after his show when Jimmy Blaze and the Powell stupid people decided to uh, destroy it. And then I didn't go back on Facebook until he was in a... Until I got my injury. Yep. But that's okay. That's okay because you know what? And not a single person noticed that was... As I posted earlier, uh, about a week or so ago, um, you know, they claim that you keep acting like an asshole... And karma's going to get you. Right. Well, I have taken that splash from karma. So I've taken the splash from Kia Stevens. I know all too well what it feels like. There's some of these. I'm going to tell you what, though. All right. I'm, I am just taking names right now. There's a lot of fucking people that are in my crosshairs that I'm going to take care of. Oh, and I don't have a problem calling anybody out. I One way or another, they're going to. One way or another, they're all going to get taken care of. And again, God, I'm sounding like Jim Cornette tonight. <laughs> and maybe that's not a bad thing. No, no, this, you know, I, and, and listen, I love Jim Cornette. I love his opinions, you know, you know, politically, and this isn't a political show. Politically, we don't see eye to eye. But, oh, no, neither do we, but uh, wrestling wise, we do. Right, right. Wrestling wise, you know, it's, it's the hey, look, one thing we agree on. And that's why let's I like look at the, Jim Let's Cornette. take a look at these allegations, right? Mm -hmm. horrible. I just read Okay, that. you got Vince in there, who we yep. know is a lecherous old man. Right. And ever since he grew that fucking mustache, he looks even worse. But I'm going to tell you, if the allegations are true on what I just read, yeah. they need to castrate all of them. Yeah, Vince looks like he, uh, uh, 
He looks like a deranged Gomez Adams. <laughs> nothing like the nothing like the um, the distinguished gentleman his father turned out to be as he got older. What I just read was absolutely disgusting. Yeah, I mean Johnny <laughs> Laurinaitis sucked as a wrestler. Yeah, sucked as an on-screen talent. Dynamic dude. Sucked as a personality on WWE, and sucks as a human being. Yeah, he said that out loud. You'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he married into the Bella family. What a fucking crew they are. So, how far did your wife get into the allegations? Oh, she got deep in there and she had to turn it off. Oh, yeah. I I got about eight points in and I stopped. I read about um, him basically pimping her out to people, them raping her in locker room. Oh, I I heard that. um, Um, He named his sex toys after wrestlers. I heard that Lesnar was one of the ones named in this fucking suit. Oh, yeah, he is. Y- yes. Seriously, uh, seriously and, read it. Yeah, it, it's... It's, it's the most a, it, it is. It's, you, you can't even make this up. It's it, so okay, bizarre. You know, what, you, you know the feeling I got as I was reading it? Was the same feeling I got when I watched the movie The Accused when Jodie Foster was getting raped on the pinball table. On the pinball, yeah. That's... I That's got kind that, of the I vibe it's got. I got that same feeling watching that scene well, I mean, here, that I did reading this. Let's take a look at Lesnar. They protect this fucking guy. He's not he's not the quiet NCAA champion he once was. Everybody that's been around knows the guy's a jagoff. Okay, he broke up a family. Yeah. And got involved with Rena Merrill. I don't give a shit what her gimmick name was. Fuck her too. And Sable. Yeah. That's okay. Broke up that family. Broke up his own family in order to uh, to get with her. So you know the guy is. You know the guy's got fucking issues. He's got problems. It's ugly as fuck. So fuck him too, big buckethead. Since I'm not, since I'm technically away from the business, I can say whatever the hell I want. What are they gonna do? Not book me? I give a right. shit. I don't even care anymore. I'm so bitter toward the business. I don't even care anymore. It's just, it's sad to what our business has become. There is no yeah. more brotherhood. But no, there's there, and there's no more loyalty. There's no oh, more. Fuck no, there's no loyalty. You know, your loyalty goes as far as yourself, and 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 that's it. Like, and it's yeah, it's not what it used to be. It's, no, not even close. It's a yeah. joke. Not even what it was ten years ago when I first got. Well, fourteen years ago when I first got in, it was wholly different. You know, the yeah. old timers were still around back then. The sad thing is, is I, 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 I got around the business because I was invited. Um, I was in an abusive relationship and I got invited. Well, my ex was a high school wrestler who used to put me in wrestling moves. And to get over my fears, I decided to go to independent wrestling. Now, to be honest, I had absolutely no idea that independent wrestling existed past Windy City. Because Windy City was the be-all, end-all of independent wrestling. And I went. I had fun. I thought I could make new friends because I thought it was a brotherhood. And it's the biggest freaking joke on the planet. Yeah, but you got a piece of the chairs out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Probably one of her biggest regrets. But we Probably. will bring that up. <laughs> all, I, all, all I got out of working the tables and helping the people out and all this and doing everything that I did to help out behind the scenes. All I did was get stress, aggravation, bullshit, drama. Well, let's talk about something positive for a second. There's nothing positive when it comes uh, to wrestling. There is one thing. 
Royal Rumble is Saturday. Oh yay. yeah, yeah, seriously excited. Yeah, I had a love Gunther. I had a love Gunther's fucking promo. He got the day wrong. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna be the only fucking guy showing up on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not but, Sunday, yeah. there, Junior. It's Saturday. Right. right. Yeah. Nice cover by Michael Cole. Right. Uh, but, you know, we we actually have we have Rat Boy that just joined us. Chris oh, is good lord! Here we go. There in, goes the neighborhood. Right. <laughs> What's going on, Sun- buddy? Sunday is a Sunday down here, brother. At, you know, I'm right? in Florida. You're still in Florida? Yeah. You. I'm Enjoying a, the weather, are we? I'm a snow rat. I come down here in the winter time. Well, there ain't no snow in Philly right now, bro, or Jersey. It's all rain and fog. It's, it's Yeah, it's 55 degrees and very foggy here. Well, it is beautiful down here. I'm sitting in my shorts and my shirt. You know, I try to get a suntan off this moon, but it's not working. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, Rampart, here's the rumor going around for the Royal Rumble. The rumor is that MJF signed with the E. And he'll make his appearance in the Rumble. What do you think? MJF. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And I, uh, I was going to bring that up tonight. Uh, yes, that's I like to see now. that. I like to see that. I like to see that. Okay, he's going to take Hulk Hogan's place. That's what's going to happen. You think he'll be that big? Yeah, Hulk Hogan might be in it. You you never know who's going to be, but I know one person's going to be in it. Bro, I walk faster than Hogan with one leg. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say Andrade is coming back. Good Lord. Another mid-carder. Who else? Yeah. Okay. Hey. And, and even, uh, what's his name? Butch, but he went under his real name, Pete Dunn. He's going to be in it. Oh, that's nice. Because he sucked yeah. his Butch. That right. game would suck. Well, I, 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 well, I, I like him when he was Pete Dunn. And I think Pete Dunn deserves it. But but I'm going with my man, okay? Okay, what anybody says, okay? I'm going with Gunther to win the, the Rumble. He as long as he shows up on Saturday, not Sunday. Right, yeah, as right. long as he shows up on the right day, he's got a shot. Right. <laughs> right. So how long is Kopi going to last? How many times is he going to get thrown out and escape? I don't know. I think the over under is about six. I was, I was, I was, that was, I was going to say six. That was my number. It was six times. <laughs> I, I'm going to say maybe eight times. I'm going to say that. Yeah, I think Kobe's going to skin the cat about six times. Yeah. I, I'm going to say eight. I think he's going to be more. I think he's going to do more than he used to do. More tricks. Well, that's good. I like Kofi. I, I think you know. I think he's he's entertaining. Mm-hmm. So now the. Let me get this straight since I've been out of, out of the loop for a few weeks yep. dealing with some bullshit. Um, have they set the match between The Rock and Roman Reigns for WrestleMania or no? No, it's going to happen no. at the Elimination Chamber. Oh, it's going to happen at the Elimination Chamber? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, that's what they're, they're shooting for. So I wonder if The Rock's going to win that match at the E-Chamber and then uh, what's going to happen at WrestleMania. Yeah. So, so if The Rock beats him at the Elimination Chamber, who's The Rock going to defend against at WrestleMania? Or is he? I don't know. It's hard to say. Well, if 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 he if he beats Roman, he's got to be at WrestleMania. There's no other way to to there would nothing else would make sense. Not that the WWE's made a whole lot of sense overall, although it's getting better. Um, right. He's got to be at WrestleMania. Um, I'm just wondering who the hell he's going to wrestle. I I would who love who would, be, who would he defend against. I would love I, for it to be Randy Orton of all people. Uh, no, 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 not who Randy. Who are you thinking, Chris? Yeah, who do you got? CM Punk, The Rock, and CM Punk. No. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I think CM Punk is going to square off against Seth Rollins. At that's if Punk wins the Royal Rumble. I'm, I'm right. thinking that's if he stays around. If uh, if Rat Boys pick Gunther is right, Gunther's already made it clear he's gonna he's gonna challenge Rollins. And I'm just wondering yep. how how hurt is Seth Rollins for real? Well, with that flimsy ass knee brace he was wearing, probably not that hurt. Right? Yeah, it's just. I mean, that damn thing looked like a Walmart special. It's pro <laughs> I don't believe. I didn't it. realize how tiny his legs were until I saw that brace on it. I'm like, bro, his knee is about as hurt as Iron Mark Sharp's forearm. <laughs> hey, man, listen, that's a legitimate injury that this nagged Iron Mike for years, man. Come on. Yeah, I know they buried him with it too. <laughs> him, him and Bob Orton with the cast. He must have had that on for years. Well, uh, I know I got my match. I got my match. What's that? Me versus a crocodile. You Down versus a crocodile, crocodile, huh? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I saw I saw a couple of my opponents today peeking out from the water there, looking at me. Nice. My 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 only, I guess, reservation going into the Rumble is they only have about. I mean, right now they they only have officially listed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people that are, um, you know, confirmed for the Rumble on the men's side. That leaves you know twenty what twenty two spots left. I, I just have a feeling they're going to try to sneak in all of these, you know, legends or or <laughs> one-offs, and it. Oh, they're going to open up the NXT kids. I, I I hope so, and and I've said it before. I I just think that especially this year with as men as much talent on the men and women's side as much talent as they have, they don't need anybody from the outside coming in that's not going to be here at the end of the year. You know that that the people that are committed to to working have been there. What's For that? Take Romans works what once every six months, maybe. Yeah, that, that to me that you know what yeah, makes great. you know what the biggest crack of nonsense is the amount of days they held the title. Right, I mean, that's the biggest I mean, farce going. There is one person might be there though. Who's that? Who's that? You want me to tell you? Yeah. Brock Lesnar. Oh, fuck him. Yeah. I, I, I think after today, 
Brock's going to be kind of laying low. Put it this way. I will find out on Saturday because my cousin does uh, DoorDash. Yeah. And they do call up for DoorDash when they're, they're trying to get their food. And my cousin will be in that area. Well, let me and tell I'd be, you. And I'll be working with her. Yeah. This is what I'm believing. I'm believing TKO right now is not going to put anybody up there hmm? that's going to put them in bad publicity. Exactly. Anybody named in that paperwork is not going to be on camera. Hell no. You're not going to see Vince, mm -hmm. Johnny fucking Ace, or Lesnar anywhere near that Royal Rumble. Well, you'll see one yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I, they're they're going to you see the Rock, though. You might see the Rock, though. Show his face. You might see the Rock. You might see Randy. You might see Goldberg. Mm hmm. I, I think they're scrambling right now. If I think they're smart, they bring back Zack Ryder. Bring Matt Cardona in. I'd like Zack Ryder. I think he was underused, underrated here. Uh, you know, I just I could you imagine Matt Cardona winning the rumble? Oh jeez. Oh. I think it's one of my favorites. Woo 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 woo. That would be fantastic. That'd be I, fantastic. You know, no. I would love for somebody that we're not expecting to win it to win it. Right. Just right. just to Me shake too. things up a little bit. Well, I mean here. I don't know if Tommy Latimer is still exclusive with no, the like NWA. Him. No, I like him. He's a nice guy. No, if he's guy. not, you might see him. Latimer is a really nice On guy. On the women's side, if they were smart, you'd see Camille. Well, actually, say anything nice about us. I like Latimer. He's I mean, a nice Jesus guy. Christ, they let Mickey James in with the uh, with the Impact women's title that one year. Yeah. I thought that was interesting, considering, in fact, no one gives two shits about Impact or TNA. <coughs> Yeah, yeah. Not, not, I saw an article about Sasha Bank might show up there. Wait oh. a minute, isn't she under contract right now? No, she's contract in her brain. She's about as useless as the top two buttons on an Italian man's shirt. <laughs> yeah, and she goes, uh, niece, look B, who cares? Your uncle is a shoot dog. Look B, who cares? It's weird. The women's division is so diluted. And that's, and that's one person they might put in the Royal Rumble is Snoop Dogg. No. What I, 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 you know what? They've already used up their gimmick bullshit in the 90s. Which yeah. has Black and Dennis Rodman, Carl mm -hmm. Malone, uh, LT, Mayweather. Yeah. The other goof that they brought in. Smart. What 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 are and, and, and okay, is, okay. Is, the group ball Chicago Bears they brought them all in. Yeah, they brought them all in Chicago. It was funny as hell. I watched Andre just beat the hell out of the fridge. That was about the funniest thing I ever saw. Yeah. What 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 are the chances, being as it's in Tampa, that Pat McAfee enters the Royal Rumble? He will. He will. I just. Now, where are they holding this thing at? Raymond James or are they holding the indoor arena? Uh, there, there, there's another person that, that I haven't been mentioned. Okay, might jump Trop in. Tropicana Field. Oh, uh, they're at the baseball stadium indoors. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And, that, and I'm right down the street from there, too, where I'm at. Better go get some tickets, Rhett. Uh, what is that? I decided to watch it at home because what it is that. If they decide to leave the, the building, 
You don't have that much. You can follow it and, and, and find out what they're saying. That and they and they do go bar hopping down here. You know, I bet money on you to do the running in the Royal Rumble. Nah, I'm fucked. I got no. Nah, I lose my bet because you're not even going to show up. Right. Put <laughs> this way. I cannot say if I'm going to be in it or not. I cannot say. You just got to watch and see. One dollar. Just got to watch and see. If it's not going to be in the uh, the male rumble, I might just jump in the female. Whoops. Then you'll be in. I'm not saying. I'm done. I put, I put five dollars in Vegas on you, Rat Boy. You got to come through for me. I will. In the female Royal Rumble. Oh my God! <laughs> hey, and Nia Jax, come here, baby. Let me give you a good kiss, and so I can throw you over the top rope. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that'll work. Wait a minute. Out of all those girls in that Royal Rumble, <laughs> you picked out the fattest, ugliest one. You got to be joking. <laughs> oh, I'm in good mood tonight. <laughs> I am the Chaz Murray of old. You don't like it? Tough fucking shit. Right, you know, I was hoping now that Jack, you know, so she could win it because I'm in good hoops with her aunt, Carol Snooker. Oh, Jesus. I was just talking to Carol Snooker the other day. Well, that's good. How's she doing? She's doing okay, but she don't live here in uh, Florida no more. She moved up a state. Upper, upper on Florida. She's in Georgia now. Yeah, me and Larry mentioned that on Tuesdays. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Tamina might be in it. You know. Well, Tamina's a better wrestler than too. Mm-hmm. But about it. And I, I posted that picture. I think today or yesterday, saying, "You're going to see me." I might be joining the Judgment Day or the Bloodline. Well, the one you're going to, I'll tell you the, the one I think you're going to see as a surprise is AJ Lee. Right. AJ Lee and Naomi. Yeah, Naomi went nowhere with Impact. I like Naomi. Yeah. She went no place with Impact. No. She listened to, she listened to Sasha Banks' dumbass. Let's leave. We'll make more money. Uh, yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah. Actually, I saw a video of CM Punk and AJ Lee was training together in the ring. They trained together outside the ring, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> and, and she's a Jersey girl, too. And she's a Jersey girl, too, AJ Lee. Well, I won't hold that against her. <laughs> so, so what, what is the, I guess, possibilities of Jade Cargill finally making her debut? Hopefully, because she sucks. I, I wanted to talk about that a, a couple of weeks ago, and and we never did. But yeah, I, I think that the WWE got hosed on that. They they got suckered in, and once they realized what they had, it, it's kind of like Brian buying a brand new car and, and driving it off the lot. Like, oh, they I want to return it. Well, no, you can't because it's not worth full price anymore. For her, okay. The TBS Women's Title is a bullshit third-rate title that they created for her because she was complaining. That she didn't have enough opportunities. Honey, you're allowed. And then every time you see her, she got worse than the time before. <laughs> her mm-hmm. mechanics were horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know how they didn't pick up on that, how they didn't find a tape of her and well, find out exactly what they were the buying. 
They signed her on the cheap. Okay. They didn't splash big money on her. They signed her to a performance center contract, which means there was no guarantee of her making NXT or the main roster. Quite frankly, I don't see it. I don't see how she's going to make the, either one. Too many more, too many more deserving women wrestlers out there than her. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's She's almost at the back of the line. I mean, come on. I'd rather see, as much as we didn't see eye to eye personally, I'd rather see Camille out there than her. <clears throat> Better wrestler. Yeah. yeah. I, I can see who's going to win it right now, okay? I'd like to see Izzy Moreno in there. Better wrestler. I, I, I think the way that they're pushing Bailey now, I, I'm going for Bailey now because, you know, Bailey versus Eo Sky, that would be good. How would it be if you had the last two in the Rumble as Bailey and Izzy Moreno? Hmm. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Bailey and her number one fan. That'd be interesting as hell. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that would be almost the be the beginning of the end of damage control. I think they're they're leaning towards her getting you know being out. And I think if, if that happened, that you know that would be the the end of her, you know, tenure in in damage control. And I think it's about time. I think she needs to get back out on her own. If Tony's yeah. not careful, he's going to lose Tony Storm. <laughs> She found herself with the, with this persona she has now. Absolutely. She was always a good wrestler. Yeah. This persona right now suits her to a T, except for that doddering old fool she has as a, a quasi-ballet manager. Yeah, yeah. You know who he is, for Christ's sake. But, man, did, did she catch fire? It almost seemed like, like almost instantly – you know, with, with the new persona and I like it, you know, it, you know, it lets her showcase what she can do and, 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 you know, gets her on TV. They wanted to, they wanted to do Lacey Evans like that. And she just couldn't do it. Right. For whatever reason, she just couldn't get over with it. But Tony Storm's gotten over with it at AEW. Yeah. And in, and in a big way. Put it this way. I, I, I like Tony Storm. I, I, I like it when she first came in with the long hair now she looks hotter than ever because she's betraying Marilyn Monroe. Well, now the question is, is Tony Khan smart enough to keep her? No. Probably he's not. Tony Khan kind of his brain. No. I mean, his, his big announcement last week was they're bringing back the, the, the rankings and the win-loss, you know, column for, for, uh, for AEW. Brian Lass talked about that. Very extensively a few weeks ago. Does he not get it? Does he not understand that win loss records in professional wrestling? And here, let's, let's be honest about it. The fourth wall has been broken a thousand yes. times. Does he not understand that win loss records are at the whim of the Booker? Right. <laughs> It's not me. It's not me. I'm on a third floor. They got to climb 47 steps to get my ass. <laughs> it's not here. It, it, it's the highway uh, I'm next to. Well, you better uh, run, Rap. Right, They're probably looking for you. Get your ass. I got you. <laughs> They're probably looking for me. Uh huh. 
Yeah, I gotta call my book to get that dollar back. I bet they're looking for me because you're gonna be one big of a fire when I show up at the Royal Rumble. Oh, quick for it. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, but that whole win loss thing means it, it means nothing, it, it's worthless. Yeah, absolutely worthless. Hey, come on, let's go back to the 80s, right? Every time they brought in a new challenger for Hogan, who, by the way, wasn't new to the business, if you were any type of wrestling fan that followed the territories, okay? They get the vignette, or two or three vignettes, and they brought him in for squash matches on television, made that guy look like a million dollars, the biggest threat since King Kong and Godzilla hooked it up. He's the only one that never believed all that. Then you have the three-match... The three-match series where the champion would lose by DQ. In fact, he's the reason I quit thinking. In the fir- or, yeah, in the core count out in the first one. Come back on the second one. Or no decision in the second one. Third one's in cage. <laughs> Champ goes over. I mean, come on. It was the cookie-cutter. It was the cookie-cutter series that they used to use with Backland all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. Oh. Of course they're going to build up Jinder Mahal if he's the next challenger. Why wouldn't they? Right. Tony Khan, he doesn't want a match in a year. Who cares? It's a work. Right. Who cares? But, but I loved, you know, going back to your There's your a reason for it. Yeah, well, going back to your formula, I liked what Jim Crockett Promotions did with Ric Flair, you know, in the, in the you know, mid, mid to early 80s through probably 86, 87 you know, he he'd be on TV at a at a taping, and somebody, Dusty Rhodes, Magnum TA, Marjorie would come out and challenge him to an impromptu match. Rick would usually always accept it. And listen, we'll do it next week. And I remember Rick Flair, I don't know who he was cutting the promo on, but he told whoever he would, he was talking to that he'll buy the whole wow. game hour to wrestle and, and we'll settle this, you know. Next week on TV, and you come out next week, and you're looking for this clash, and it was always non-title, always non-title. And Ric Flair would always lose the non-title match. He'd get pinned, he'd get beat, he'd leave, or whatever. Building that anticipation towards, you know, a three-match series like you were talking about the WWE did. But I think Jim Crockett did a little bit better by showing that the champion could be beat, but. Yeah, they he beat him on on Monday night, but come Saturday at the at the big show in the Omni or or in Charlotte or whatever in Greensboro. No, you're you're not beating him there. I mean, let's take a look at this. The NWA's formula back in the day, from the time of the time of Jim Landis on up, okay, was to use the world champion to legitimize the sport. Correct or not correct? Yes. Then said champion would tour the world, working as many as 32, 30 to 32 dates a month. Yeah. Okay. Defending his title against every local champion from here to Tokyo. All right. Making that local champion look like a million dollars. That somehow escaping with the title. Or dropping the title and getting it back. Depends on the situation. Right. Okay. Up until, and, and I'm not going to speak ill of the dead, but up until Kerry Von Erich's unreliable ass 
couldn't make his first booking in Florida, prompting Geigel and the rest of the NWA to say, uh, you know what? We're going to get the title off this kid. He's not reliable. So, who they call? Blair. Right. Oh, reliable. Go out to Japan, beat this kid for the title. Come on back, and we'll start business all over again. All right. And it worked. WWF champion. Well, WWF was, notice back in the day, they didn't call their champion a world champion. Because Vince Sr. and Vince, when he first took over, was smart enough to understand that they were regional at best. All right, Vince took over the world by poaching the territories and all of a sudden now elevated the world champion status. We get that. Right. He effectively closed the door with Japan after 93. Okay. After Hogan went out there and wrestled Muda, that was it. The door with the door with all Japan was closed before that. The door with new Japan was closed right after that. Fine. Now you became compartmentalized. The guy, one of the guys who, that no one blames for the downfall of professional wrestling as being presented as a legitimate sport is Eric Bischoff. The Monday Night Wars opened the curtain, killed kayfabe. Why? For TV ratings. For one company to put the other company out of business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fired on him. Uh-oh. Yeah, I think we lost him. Yeah, I think so. I think you got a bad storm up there, maybe? Uh, <laughs> it, it, that That's the only downside I can say with this is it is internet-based. Um, and, you know, you need, you need a little bit of internet. And I'm not, I don't know exactly what happened, but you know, he can, he can call back in, he can get right back in and yeah. Um, no, but yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he, he, he yeah, he was getting yeah, to that he, point. Yeah. Like, that, that, yeah. Well, he, but back in the day, they just had the wrestlers coming to an announcer on the outside of the ring there. They mm-hmm. don't even do that no more. Right. They right, do he, it. In, they, they do it in the back now. You guys he, hear yeah. me again now? Yeah. 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 Oh, we got you, yep. We got you. All right. Well, and like I was saying, so you only had one game in town. You only had one company. Everybody thought how great it was. It's not. Look how many guys he got that couldn't get a they couldn't get a break. They couldn't get yep. a national break. The NWA was dead for all intents and purposes. My my dear departed friend Howard Brody tried his best to keep it alive. So did Dan Severn, uh, Dennis Coraluzzo, Cornette. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they weren't going to compete with McMahon. God bless Dennis Coluso. Yep. He's the one that got me started into it. Yep, but they weren't going to compete with McMahon. You follow? No. no, yeah, no way. Now, what do you got? You got Tony Khan, who basically, whether or not he's still a fan, whether or not he's, you know, some of the derogatory terms people want to categorize with him, I'm not going to say those. Because whatever, the guy's got money, the guy's got a company, he's doing what he wants to do. He's right. promoting. Problem is, he's not doing what he should be doing, which is watching his own bobber, worrying about his own promotion. 
Right. He's, he's too so busy worried. throwing shots at the other guy. Right. He's so worried about what everybody else is doing and what everybody else thinks. He's too busy with uh, with um, um, cage side reports. He's too busy worried about what Dave Meltzer thinks. Who gives a shit? Right. Worry Listen, about your ticket sales. Worry right, about your revenue. That's how you know think, if you're successful. I don't think there's anybody on the planet other than Dave Meltzer that cares about mm. what Dave Meltzer thinks. <laughs> I agree. I agree there too. And you're not going to make no, any. No, I don't no. care if these guys don't like it. I don't care if they go, oh, we chose my. I don't give a shit anymore <laughs> because you're not going to make money off the internet wrestling community. Right. You know, the 45 year old, 300 pound. Neck bearded knuckle draggers that live in mommy's basement. Right. They don't spend money. They don't go to the shows. Right. They don't buy merchandise. Well, half the time right. merchandise doesn't come in seven X. Fat <laughs> bastards. And and they don't they don't mail it to your mommy's basement. So no, and they can't leave the house because they weren't because they sit there in t shirts and underwear. Right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it definitely has changed, you know, and I love, you know, and, and you know, we talk a lot about the, the, the old days here, at least on this show. Cause I, that's, that's what I love. That's when to me, it, it was probably the best that it, you know, and again, I, I started watching in the late 70s, 79, 78 through the eighties mm-hmm. to me. And listen, people say, Oh, well, you know, the sixties were good to me. The best wrestling was from about 79 to about 87. Yeah, I'm going to go back further. For me, the most legitimate wrestling was from 1931 to 1963. Yeah, yeah. but a whole different product then, just like it's changing now. Yeah, there, there it was a legit sport back then, Howard. Yes, there, there, there. Jim Londis, Jim Londis wrestled. Two, three times a year he defended the NWA world title. It was actually the precursor to the NWA. Okay? He defended the world title two to three times a year. But the man drew million-dollar gates. A million-dollar live gate in 1930. Yes. He sold out 100,000 in Soldier Field in Chicago. Buddy Rogers... Sold consistently forty-seven to fifty-seven thousand at Comiskey Park. Not to mention what they used to do in other parts of the country and the world, right. for that matter. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, no, you're you're absolutely. talking about guys that were legitimate. They were legitimate sportsmen. Whether, whether or not it was predetermined, as of course we all know it was predetermined. Okay. They were legit sportsmen. No, absolutely. You had absolutely. no idea. You had no idea that Buddy Rogers was going to be Pat O'Connor in 1960. Nobody knew. <laughs> okay. Except for Bobby. Except for um. For Bobby Davis, and you know it's a different time. You didn't have to worry about agents and contracts and whatnot. Bobby Davis took. Buddy Rogers and went out barnstorming until the NWA was forced to give him a title shot. Yeah. And he wins. Right. And he held yeah. the title of 63 when Lutez took it off of him. 
Okay, they had a dispute over that match. You don't remember. Right. So Vince Senior made him the made him a WWF champion, and Bruno took it off him. But, but, it, but again, you know, going back to Luthes and Ojeda, they were legitimate tough guys that could stretch you eight ways to Sunday. Well, Bruno shot all over Buddy, hit him, not got rid of him in sixty three seconds. <laughs> Admitted and shot at him. Yeah. He said, "He said I told Buddy, you better be at your best because I am." That's when the world title meant something. Yeah. I mean, now, okay, granted. I'm not going to complain how many times Roman Reigns defends the title. Because it's, it's a different ball game. Absolutely. Right. Okay, it's a, it's a soap opera. And that's right. fine for what it is. Okay, am I going to get signed nationally? Ah, there was a slim chance before I got hurt. There's even less of a chance now. So, again. I don't give a shit. I'm going to give my opinion because there's nothing anybody can do to me. What are they going to say? Oh, we're not booking him. Oh, okay. Thanks. Appreciate right, it. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah. See you later. But Can't you'll be back accomplished. No, you're getting it wrong. If you don't like me, I'm taking off my leg to hit you over the head. Not at 70,000 hours yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not bet. taking my leg off for nobody. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, estimate that, on my bionic leg came in yesterday at 71,000. Wow. Powered knee with a microprocessor, an open socket that costs 10 Gs. Uh, yeah, the microprocessor knee has, uh, we hooked it up with, uh, with Star Wars blaster noises. Does, does it make robot noises? Oh, yeah. No, oh, that's awesome. It's gonna make it's gonna make uh, blaster noises. Oh, that'd be awesome. The foot that I have is the foot that I have is the top of the line. It's called a torsion XC foot. Okay, so it allows me to go back in the gym. So I'm gonna have a new. I'll have a new gimmick. I'll dress up in a Vader costume and call myself Darth Daigle. My cape will be an Italian flag. (laughs) I love it. I mean, here my my goal right now is to get back to. Whatever the hell normal is physically, so I can go back to real work, dealing with my clients, you know, getting the hell out of the house. Yesterday, I got carted down by the fire department waiting for my medical transport to go to my appointment. And I got peace and quiet. It was 41 degrees and, and a light mist, kind of a light rain. And you know what? It felt good to be outside again. Well, I, I, I know Amy was happy to have you outside just so you would stop talking. Oh, damn right. Hey, I was, you had a break for 21 days. I wasn't home. I was dealing with hospital food for Christ's sake. Right. It, it ain't your fault. She squandered that opportunity. Chat. She hey, more I tell you, she had peace and quiet for 21 days. <laughs> yeah. But that one was different. It was different though. That was yeah, this sure one. Was. You were gone a couple hours, and I finally got a peace and quiet. That one, you were sick and almost dying. True. You had two days left before they said you would have been dead. And then the legend would have started. No, because right. I, I wouldn't have done that. Uh-uh. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is in terms of uh, the way the business is right now. I mean, whatever. It's their game. Yeah. All I ever do when it comes to the national promotions now is I watch. I enjoy it for what it is. I'm not going to sit there and armchair book it. No. 
Who gives a shit? Sit and watch what they present. If you like it, finish it. Right. If you don't like it, change the damn channel. Right. Watch it for for its entertainment value. No. I mean, I like I still I liked a lot of the stuff the NWA did. Okay. Um. Like I said, AEW is AEW. You got to understand where they're, who they're targeting for an audience and the product that they're putting out. Right. I mean, there's two schools of thought. One, it's great to see Samoa Joe on top of the game again. Yeah. Second, the flip side to that is Samoa Joe, really? <laughs> right. How much more are we going to see of the same guy wearing the same $14 shorts in the ring? Yeah. You know, but you know, you 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 the, he works with what you know what he's given. I I like Samoa Joe. I like him as an entertainer. You know, as a wrestler, I, I like you know how he works. It's just yeah, really. This is this is I've seen been there, done that already. I've seen him already. Well, I mean, you know, here I know Khan's still living off the eighty five, eighty six thousand he had at Wembley. All right, that's great. The English fans are starved. For international action. We get that part. Okay. But you come back here and what did Collision do? I think what did they say Collision did two weeks ago? 1,300? Yeah. We're, you're not going to have a company you keep drawing 1,300 in a 9,000-seat arena. Yeah, I think he needs to, to – like you said, stop worrying about, you know, when, when or, or how or – you know, the last time Jinder Mahal was on TV and won or lost or what Seth Rollins is doing or what Chad Gable is doing to focus on Tony Khan and what are you doing? Like, you know, focus on making your product better. better. I would love to see another Monday Night War. You You're know? not going to happen. No, it won't. It, it won't. But I wish it would. You don't have the parody of the talent. No, you don't. You know, and I... But I mean that you know, other than when I when I when I grew up watching it, then Monday Night Wars was, you know, for the year and a half that it was or whatever it was, was really, I mean, really good for the business. It it you know, it brought in a lot of people to watch it. A lot of people, and I was one of them flipping back and forth, flipping back and forth between the two. Just to see who's gonna one up the next one. Well, and you take a look at who the mainstays were on each roster, right? The guys that were mainstays on each roster were still old territory guys. Yeah. One over the other. Okay. You had the second generation of territory guys like Austin, like Triple H, that came up being trained by Chris Adams, being trained by Killer Kowalski, uh, Mick Foley trained by Dominic Danucci. Dominic Danucci, yeah. Okay, you had you had Open oh, Bam Bam Bigelow was probably the most underrated wrestler of all time. I love Bigelow. Far enough. Okay, but even on the WCW side, they were all NWA guys, all old mainstay guys from Crockett, from Bill Watts, from Texas, California. I mean, let's not forget Sting came out of California Indies. Yeah, you know him and the, him and the Warrior were the Blade Runners. Yep. Old all right, Bill Sting Watts was guys. the better wrestler. Absolutely. But that's what you had. And then, you know, in the wars, you had you wind up with. Um, with young kids that came on their own, like like Sean Waltman. Okay? But Scott mm-hmm. Hall, Scott Hall, if you were an AWA fan, was nothing new to you. No. 
He was in the AWA with Danny Spivey as the American Starships. Yep. And it's funny. I listened to Stone Cold, an old interview with Scott Hall. And Stone Cold asked him, you know, what, what did the American Starships mean? Like, what was that? He's like, I, I don't know. That was just the name they gave us. It'd be cowboy gimmicks. That's all it was. And he actually had a little bit of heat unbeknownst to him at the time when he was in the AWA because I, I don't know if it was one of the announcers on the AWA made a, a Magnum reference to Scott Hall. Well, Magnum TA got a little bent about that saying, listen, you know, that's, that's me, dude. Like that's my, and, and Scott Hall's like, you know, and it wasn't for, for years later when they ran each other at a, at a wrestle con festival or something that it came out. And Scott's like, dude, I, I like, I didn't know anything about it. Like, yeah, but you know no where idea. it didn't. You know where it didn't come out. It did not come out at. No, that's one place it didn't come out was the internet because there was no internet back then. Right. That's when well, life was better. The other place that it didn't come out is that it didn't come out. It didn't come out at Super Clash One in '85 at Comiskey. Lost them again. Yeah. Yeah, the first thing that really ruined everything was that web TV. Yeah, no, I, and, and and I think you know, Chaz's wife Amy's right. It, it as the internet progressed, uh-huh. you know, we we kind of lost that edge that we had. That that curtain was always there, right? You know, was slowly being slowly being ripped down and and slowly being you know, revealed and we got peeks behind the curtain and, um, you know, we, we got to see a little, little more than, than we were supposed to see. Uh huh. Um, and you know, um, you know, it, it really gave us, you know, more insight than we needed. And it really took away the, the, the wow factor to, um, to wrestling, you know, we didn't know when, you know, what one was going to was moving. Right, we didn't know. Here he's back again. Can you hear me? Can you this hear me? Is a conspiracy. Yeah, this is a conspiracy to keep my views <laughs> off the air tonight. <laughs> well, no, we're sir, doing I, it out in I, Vietnam. Fuck you. Right, I, I welcome it. But I, Scott Hall, told the story getting back to the Magnum thing when he first came to WCW. He walked into Magnum's office, and he said, "Listen, you know." I'm here for a tryout, blah, blah, blah. And he said, Magnum didn't even look up at him and said, yeah, it's great. I'm going to give you a tryout, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think you'll do well, but you need to find your own name. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay. I, I got well, it. For none, though, Magnum's <laughs> one to fucking talk, though. You can carry <laughs> Allen. Come on. Captain Selleck should have been pissed off. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, again, you know what? They, they're all a bunch of fucking babies at times. <laughs> Because that gimmick didn't come out of nowhere. Right, right. Magnum TA. Who gave a shit? And and honestly, I think, you know, Scott Hall looked more like Magnum Tom Selleck than Terry Allen did. And I love Terry Allen. That's probably one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Well, yeah, but but it's just the idea. Very few gimmicks are original originals. Right, yes, yes. I mean, there were four Tiger masks, for Christ's sake. (laughs) Four different guys wore Tiger Mask. Yeah. How many machines were there? Oh my gosh. Too many. <laughs> the only one I the only one I can't figure out who it was was this giant machine they talk about. 
He was so hard to figure out. Oh, that was Baba. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Like, let's let's at least recognize, you know. And again, you know, it's as as I was saying, you know, while while you're reconnecting, that the internet, like your like your wife said, just kind of destroyed that curtain. We got to see more than we than we needed to see, and learned more than we needed to learn about the business. And then from that, we have all these internet people in their mommy's basements who are now quote unquote experts at it and want to give you their two cents and well, yeah. absolutely and you know like i said these guys here i i can understand if they bought tickets to the events every month i mean when i was going to events back in the 70s and the 80s and whatnot there were the regulars that would buy tickets at intermission to next month's show religiously i, I was one of them Okay, and then there were people when I got into when I got into wrestling, into working shows, there were people and there's still people that will buy tickets every single month to the indie promotion that they're that they're supporting for the same reason. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. Those are fans. Yeah, okay? absolutely. And if they want to talk about, if they want to talk about angles title matches who's challenging who they put their they paid their hard-earned dollar to have an opinion okay yeah but when you're when, when you're out there spouting opinions without with a little to no knowledge of what the hell you're talking about and b you're just looking to garner attention for yourself i mean i don't know what it would to me, that doesn't make much of an opinion. No, and, and and I was one of them guys that you were talking about. Oh, I would go with my dad in the early 80s, 83, probably from 83, 83, 84, 85, for those three years. If I didn't catch every show at the Spectrum in Philly, I caught every other show that came to Philadelphia. Right. And that was, and that's, that's exactly when we would get up and buy tickets at the intermission. And we would go stand in line and buy the tickets for next. Because that's when they would announce the – the card for next month, they would, oh, a, you know, and sure, it would turn I mean, grudge match. It would be Morocco yeah, I mean, and Snuka, and I wanted to see it. Well, sure. I mean, you, you want to talk about, you want to talk about bullshit, okay? They talk about this heat between Magnum and Scott Hall. Right. Like I said, you know where they didn't have any heat? Super Clash 1 at Comiskey Park in September, September 28th of 85. Do you know 85. why? Do you know why they had no heat on that? Because they shared the same locker room. Do you know why they had no heat at that show? Because Vern Gagne, Dennis Coraluzzo, Jim Crockett, and Fritz von Erich and Jerry Jarrett wouldn't put up with that shit. No. No, not at all. Okay. Those guys all put their money into that show to try to stave off Vince McMahon, and they weren't going to put up with that shit. Right. No, absolutely not. It, it was... It, Different set of, of of players in charge. Different set of mindset in charge. They were. But now, what do you what, what do you have in charge now? All right, you got you got TKO Productions, which is basically the UFC and the WWE, right? Vince, after all this latest nonsense that came out, will be lucky he stays out of jail. Yeah. All right, Triple H and The Rock are pretty much going to run the show. So let's see how much of uh, Killer Kowalski and, and High Chief 
remain because that's where their legacy came from, right? Right. Tony Khan's a lost cause. Tony Khan has a bunch of yes men underneath him that are there to get paid. When his money runs out or his father gets tired of using his tax write-off, AEW's gone. I heard Time Warner doesn't want to fucking renew the deal. That would be devastating for them. If they got no TV, where are they going? Right. I mean, honestly, you think Mike today and Tony Schiavone are going to stick around? And Jim Ross, if there's no television? Right now, what you have are television shows. Yes. Okay, my old client, Adam Pierce, said it right. People will complain to him on Twitter or X now and about this, that, or the other thing related to the show. And all he says is, thank you for watching our television programming. Yeah. And he's right. He's, he's absolutely right. Okay. It's not, it's tell right now, professional wrestling is television programming. Okay, we get it. Television programming that comes to the arenas, what, four or five times a year? Different arenas for pay-per-views? Maybe a house show here and there? Nothing like they used to run. Right. No, no. no. Nothing like they used to run. I mean, come on. Each company, the NWA and the WWF used to run two sets of guys all over the country. Yeah. Okay. Now, you didn't see everybody in every show. Because they were working somewhere else. Yep. I mean, so, I I, I don't know. Again, you can either choose to watch it, enjoy it for what it is, or change the fucking channel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Arn Anderson. It was the first time I'd ever heard of, and I'll call it A and B, not to say A was better or B was better, but he said they had A and B shows, and they would run, you you know, six, seven days a week, you know, Monday, you know, Sunday to Saturday. And sometimes you're doing two shows on a Saturday or a Sunday. You're doing a matinee, and then you're doing an evening show. And they might not even be in the same town. There was one night. It was the the night of the Grammys back in 84. There was a night where Hogan wrestled Morocco in Madison Square Garden. They were third match on the card before intermission. Okay? They get done. They get in a private jet. They fly to L.A., which is two hours, three hours behind New York. Okay. Hogan makes a brief appearance with Cindy Lauper at the, at the Grammys. Then goes to the L.A. sports arena and wrestles Morocco again in the main <laughs> event of that show. Wow. Why? Because champion always drew money. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and and now like and again, I I don't have a problem with Roman Reigns being champion. That's not where my problem is. My problem is his twelve or thirteen hundred days as champion will always have that asterisk in my book. To do yeah, you were champion for thirteen hundred days or whatever the end's going to be, but you defended it maybe ten times in them thir- in them thirteen hundred days. Here. Nick Aldis blocked me on Twitter because he tried to put himself in the same pantheon. As Flair, as Luthez and Flair and Harley, Dusty. I don't even think he knew who the fuck Jim Londis was. Okay. But he tried to put himself in Jack Briscoe. He tried to put himself in that group because he had held the title for almost five years. 
In that time, he defended them. He defended a damn title twenty-seven times. Twenty-seven times in five years. I'll give him a year and a half off for pandemic. So in three and a half years, he defended the title twenty-seven times. That's every other month, every every six or seven weeks. Those guys <laughs> were defending the title twenty-seven times a month. A month, yeah. And that was a, a late month. month. Yeah, and and, and I, I, I love it. When and I, I called him out on it, called him a paper champion, I got blocked. So fuck him too. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. And you know, I I, I heard um and I love that that Jim Cornette kept like meticulous records of every show that he's ever done in these notebooks and, and everything else. And um they were traveling, it was him and the Midnight Express and Ric Flair rolls on the same car. They were traveling the same circuit at this time. And they were on the road, on the road, a total of 355 days. I think it was 84 or 85, 85 or 86, whatever it was. 345 days, 50 days, whatever it was. They only had two weeks off, and it wasn't two weeks off in a row. They would go home for like a Sunday and be back on the road Monday and then be gone again and then come back on a Wednesday and have to go out again Thursday. So you're not even home. You're only doing laundry. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I just... Is it any wonder why these guys were all multiple divorcees? Yeah. Yeah. It was impossible to keep a home life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Damn near impossible to keep a home life. Now, yeah. Vern was different, though. With Vern, you might have worked three times a week, twice a week. You were home more. Right. It was a better balance between but it was a smaller territory. Sure. sure I mean, you had Minnesota, Illinois, you had Minnesota, Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana, Iowa, Colorado, Vegas. I mean, that was it. That was AWA. Yeah. All right. The occasional jaunt down to Missouri to work for Sam Muchnick at the chase. Other than that, smaller territory. You had your set towns, you had your set venues, and that was it. It was less. It absolutely was, yeah. You know, but you but still, even like, then, still went out to Japan. Right, but even then, I, they were still going, you know, overseas and and doing that. It, it's, you know, these guys, and again, credit to, to those that, that do it, you know. You're, you're not on the road like you. they were on the road back in the day you know it's it's not not even close to being the same no not even close but the downside to it is they don't know how to work okay i'm not saying they don't know how to perform or how to do moves right but they're reckless they don't know how to work because they might work once a month once every two weeks okay and right. if they get hurt, they get hurt because they're stupid and reckless. How many guys do you see get dropped on their heads now? Yeah. It's dumb. Where's the training? Okay. I mean, you take yeah. a look at Big E. Big E's done. They keep asking when you're coming back, and he's smart about it. He says, I'm not about the he says, I'm not about to return to the ring to wind up in a wheelchair. Right, and it, that's a very smart decision. But the move that broke his neck to put him out was stupid. It, yeah, it was, it, it was unnecessary. 
fucking power, a, a fall away power bomb on the floor. What genius thought of that fucking spot? Oh, I'm going to go to the top rope, and I'm going to do a 450 with a three and a half twist, double axles. What are you doing? Fucking figure skating? <laughs> Diving? Honestly. Well, and, and that was the other thing that, that Scott Hall talked about was, you know, he was training his son, um, you know, and trying to help his son. But he's like, you know, it's hard because it's not Scott Hall, former AWA, WWE, WWF, New Japan, whatever, wherever he wrestled trying to train his son, it's dad telling you these things. And he was telling his, his son, you got to get back to a wrist lock. When's the last time you seen a wrist lock on somebody? Like people don't see this anymore. And when you do it, they're like, wow, what is that? Especially the, the, this younger crowd. They're like, wow, I've never seen that before. That move's been around for 200 years. <laughs> like, you know, but th- we don't do it anymore. You know, we don't do the headlock anymore. We don't we don't grapple on the ground anymore or hold somebody in a headlock or a scissor lock or some do. It, right, some do. Even the domino, window. Even right. the window was a treasure to watch. Absolutely was. Absolutely. You know, and you know, when's the last time you seen an abdominal stretch, which used to be a submission hold? You know, it nothing like that is done anymore. Randy Orton, only one uses abdominal stretch. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I think that that um I, I'll call it his modified body slam that he does where he's almost kind of leaning back and like a, I think they called it like a snap body slam, or they called it this past raw. Uh, you know, I mean looks incredible, but it's a it's a basic move. It's just, it's just a body slam and people go nuts for it because they don't see it anymore. Wait a second. You body slam somebody in the UFC, they go fucking crazy. Right. Yeah. It's a you grab some, in the UFC, a body slam. Yeah. You, you get you get somebody in a in a in a scissor lock in, in UFC, that's a submission. Like somebody's gonna tap out. You get rap boy in a scissor lock and it's a good night for him. <laughs> it's all she wrote. <laughs> Depends on the girl, yeah. right, Rap Boy? Right. <laughs> rap boy, can you hear us? Oh, oh, wait a minute. There we go. I had to add him. I'm sorry. I didn't add him I back in. That's like, my fault. Yeah, I heard you. <laughs> I said if Rapper was, was in the girls' rumble and got put in a scissor hole, it would be a great night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He would pay well, for no, that. It would, be, it would be a great night if I came in number 30 with all those females in there all at once. Oh, my God. And they all jump on me. Oh, oh boy. Boy. You, you know what that would remind me of, Chaz? It's Rap Boy getting in the ring at Royal Rumble, and let's say that all 30 or 29 of them are still left there. He makes 30. It would almost look like John Candy in stripes when he was mud wrestling. Yep. And all these girls piled on top of him. <laughs> I, was, I was getting all out of the ring. And he won too, John Candy. Yes, he did. Yes, yes he $437.69. Yeah. <laughs> That was a great movie. It was. It was. Strike through good. I love love that. What a hype man John Candy had in that movie, Bill Murray. Oh, yeah. My (laughs) big man's going to do it all for us for $439.72. That was great. The end of the first round? 
I don't want to go back. Ah, you got to go back. You got to go back. No, I don't want to go back. No, you got to go back. Ah, come on. You're already dirty. Go on back. <laughs> no, you The very first movie I seen, Stripes, with Bill Murray in it. And it was Classic. good. Classic. It, it is. It is. <laughs> it, now, now you're showing a whole bunch of classic on uh, Netflix, you know. I mean, here you, you get the. You want to go back to old, old wrestling? Abe Lincoln wrestled 200 matches, lost twice. Lost, yep. Why? Because there was money on it. Y yeah. It was a legit sporting contest. Yes, there was real money on it. Now, you notice there, you can bet on two cockroaches. On these betting apps, right? What don't you see any? What don't you see uh, having odds on it? No odds on wrestling. No. Why is that? Because they control the outcome. Because the booking committee or the booker can change it at the drop of a dime. Yep. Oh, you showed up late. Pissed off the booker. You're out. Yeah. They 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 can, they can change it mid match if they wanted to. Oh, they, you didn't like yeah. what you just did. Okay, well. Here's the new one. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Uh, make, make sure he loses so we can win all that money there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they do. You, you look at it, you know, you look at and one of the old greats that's doing the part of the Iron Sheik. Yeah. Run offered him 100000 to break Hogan's leg. Yeah. And Sheik told Hogan, he said, Vern offered me 100 grand to break your leg. He said, But I'm a businessman. I hope we can work together. And they drew money, Hogan yeah. and the Sheik. Tons of money. Tons and, and tons of money. And McMahon, when he had his brains together, unlike now, because I think the hair dye and the and the, and the fucking uh, the beard uh, treatments with his stupid-ass mustache are, are clouding his brain. When he had his mind about him, the Sheik, why did the Sheik always have some type of title in his sights or around his waist? Because the Sheik drew money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he sure did. But, but I tell you what, I, the Iron Sheet was American, okay? I mean, here, but you didn't know it. They didn't tell you about it. Right. Why? I, I, he told me that he was, he was born in America. And but, the way he acted, it looked like he was from Iran, but he but the wasn't. Thing, well, the thing about it is, though, they didn't tell you about it. You didn't know about it because it wasn't good for business. Right. If it was just yeah. if it was two American guys in costumes, would you give a shit? No. 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 <laughs> That's the problem we have now. Like the Iron Sheep was a good actor. Put it that way, you know. He, right he now you've got so many guys that are five foot nine. 178, 180 fucking pounds, wearing the same cookie cutter tights, kick pads, gym shoes, boxing boots. It's the same shit. Nobody cares. There are no, there are very few personalities out there. Right. No, yeah, right. All right. I mean, come on. Let's be honest about it. You can count the personalities on one hand in both yeah. companies. Yeah, yeah, and look at one person that done a good good acting, Kamala. Okay, you thought he was from Kamala. Yeah, he was from Jerry Lawler's backyard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
A fog he machine in Jerry, I'll take it back. Jerry Jarrett's backyard. Jerry, so yeah, a fog Jerry machine Jarrett, yeah. in Jerry Jarrett's backyard, and you wound up with Kamala, the Ugandan headhunter. Yeah, and, and Lawler was the one, I believe, that, that, that decided to put the, the moons and the stars and stuff on him. Yeah, the paint was Lawler's design. Yeah. As, yeah. Was, the, as was the Ayatollah's face on the Iron Sheik's flag. Oh, I didn't know that. That was hand-painted by Jerry Lawler. Wow. I, yeah. I, mean, I, knew, I knew Jerry was an artist, and he's a very good one. Um, I didn't know he did that. Wow. Uh, I mean, come on. I mean, you know, you here. Billy Gunn and Bart Gunn. We're in the business less than a year. Okay, they go up to they go up to Connecticut for a tryout with Vince. They dressed up in their gimmick. New hats, new cowboy boots, new everything, right? Pretty much signed on the spot. Why? Because they had character. Now, could they work? Yeah, they could work, which is a bonus. Right. But how many guys were out there that couldn't work for shit? Tiny mm-hmm. Lister comes to mind. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Good actor, good character actor, yeah. imposing figure. He sucked as a wrestler. Absolutely. <laughs> Terrible. But if they didn't carry over the Zeus character and make him 3D as Zeus, they would have brought him on as Tiny Lister and a pair of tights. Would you give a shit? No. Okay. He, just another big guy. Agreed. Yep. Now the yeah. problem is you got 25 just little guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. these kids walk around the ring. You see, you even see them in indie shows. They walk to the ring, around the ring. They're five foot seven, 135 pounds. Okay? So what's the average fan going to think? I can kick his ass. Yeah. Back in the day, Ernie Ladd walked to the ring at six foot nine, <laughs> three twelve. You thought a little different. Not only that, just the size of Ernie's hands alone. Like, if he shook your hand, if, you know, or if you put it on your face, it would swallow your face. Well, I mean, here, and you look at, you know, you look at guys like that weren't that big, like Buddy Rogers coming in at 235. You might think, I got a shot. With, I, I could take him, right? Until he offered the five grand to anybody that could break out of the figure four. Right. And you get, then you get some, you get some fan come up there to try his luck. And Buddy put the figure four on him for real and damn near break his legs. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, completely different. You know, and, you know, I I was listening to Arn Anderson talk on on his podcast, podcast, and they, they, you know, oh, listen, Arn Anderson, aesthetically, the way he looks is as plain as it gets. There's nothing intimidating about Arn Anderson. Not to, to look at him. You know, like he's just an average looking guy, a little bit bigger, you know, built wise, but his ability on the mic and his ability in the ring to wrestle is what sold him as a legitimate guy. And he I said that, you know, you rarely, if you watch all of Arn Anderson's matches, however many hundreds or thousands he's had, he rarely left the left the, the mat. Never climbed the ropes, never because it's not what he's built to do. I mean, here, nope, but nobody, nope. but Arn Anderson put a spine buster on you, uh, and you knew it was legit. It, it was over. It was over. <laughs> but if you take a look at that, if you take a look at that move and that bump, it's actually a very light bump. Yes. Okay, but, but that's why looked, they got rid of it three hundred times a year. 
Yeah, it, it looked tremendous and it looked very, very painful. You know, I would not want him to do that to me at all at any time. Landing on the softest thing on the planet. You're not doing that to me. Oh, come <laughs> it's on. Happening. It's not happening. Now <laughs> well, can't take a bump. Uh, no, listen, I'm not built for that, man. I'm built for comfort. Whoa, 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 whoa. That means I'm a lot better than you because I took a bump. I, sure. I can took three or four bumps sure. before I shot my collarbone. Bet, better man than me. And look at me, okay? I'm weighing 5'3 and 110 pounds. And I took some bumps, okay? But the last bump I took, I shot my collarbone because I landed in the ring wrong. Right. Rap boy, okay. can I ask you a question though? When you took that bump and shattered your collarbone, and I, this is not a this is not to put anybody down. I'm just asking. Where yeah. are you trained? A Five little four. bit, but not that okay. much. Right. You weren't fully trained. Right. You weren't right. properly trained. Right. right. All right. Right. So that's why you had that risk, and that's why you had that injury. Yeah. Had you been completely fully trained and knew how to land. That bump probably would not have broke bumps. Yeah, but but right. was that back back when I was about two or three years old, I did break my the same side of collarbone, but it didn't heal up right. But now, the guy that really shattered it, uh, it's back to normal again. It's straight. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and. You know, I, I again getting back to Arn Anderson because it's still one of my favorites. I, I watched a match again. It was him and Barry Windham, and it was getting near the end of the match, and they're sweating. They're they're almost gassed, and they're both on their knees, and they were on their knees for probably three or four minutes, still slugging it out, still wrestling. And you're like, these guys. Like now, now, now I'm invested. Now I'm like, now like I'm sitting you know, three feet closer to the TV than I was before because these guys are just not stopping. Barry's a big dude. Even on his, even on his knees, he's probably almost as tall as Lauren Anderson. And they're both going at it, throwing haymakers at each other. And you're like, these guys are, and Barry, I mean, Barry's a big guy, you know, big lanky guy, Orange, you know, just the opposite. But these two together put on some incredible matches over their years. And you know, guy, I think guys could learn a lot from watching them. They can learn mm-hmm. a lot from watching Flair and Steamboat go at it. They can watch a lot, but you know, learn a lot between the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express and whatever version of Midnight Express you want to throw at them um, against the Rock and Roll Express and just learn from these guys how to wrestle. And it just doesn't happen anymore. They, they all want their high spots. They all want to do these flips. And like you said, these, you know, eight seventies off the rope or whatever they are. And onto the flip, you don't need all that. Al, <laughs> Snow, called, Al Snow called it right when he said they got to get their shit in. Y- yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. They need to stop worrying about getting their stuff in and get back to the basics, really get back to what, you know, what made us all, fall in love with the, the, the sport to begin with. Problem is, you got to understand, kids that were, the kids that are working right now, not all of them, 
good majority, okay? They're between 22 and 30 years old, right? Right. Which means they were born in 2002 at the oldest. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh. Let's think about it for a second. Okay, 30-year-old guy right now was born in was born in um, a 30 year old guy was born in 94. <laughs> that just made me feel so old. 22 year old guy was born in 2002. Wow. And if you ask them how far wrestling went back, the ones that were born in 2002 and later, they don't know shit. No. Unless they study, which three quarters of them don't. No, they don't know. And that's the problem. They're seeing the, the the product that we see now is what they grew up watching. And and all the all of the all of the flash and all of the the high spots and all, all of that stuff that yeah, I mean it it, it, it has its it has its moments, but you know, like you said, you know. The super kick used to end the match. Right. You know? It has moments when it makes sense. Right, right. It's got to make sense, yes. Here, dynamite kid, diving headbutt. Okay. Road Warriors, doomsday device, high spots. But they made sense. Same, right. Yes. Now you have these kids that are much more athletically gifted doing much more difficult acrobatics. But it makes no sense. No, it, no, it doesn't. Okay, and then you get some. Before I had my socials hacked, um, there were some guys that were, I don't care where I am on the card, I'm stealing the show. Well, shit, I wouldn't book you. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're going to come out and ruin my fucking main event that I'm paying good money for so you can get all your shit in in the first match? Stay the fuck home. Right. And, and and that's what it was. I remember watching, you know, when I was at the Spectrum, watching the matches, each each match from the first, there might, I don't, there might have been seven or eight matches on the card. The first match built to the second one, built to the third one. Like I said, you didn't see the same finish over and over and over again. It, they were all different and they were all building towards the main event. You know, when the big guns came out and you're like, this is what we waited. So the excitement was slowly building, you know, over the course, you know, of an hour and a half or so hour and 45 minutes that you were there. And, and more were, often than that. Yeah. More often than that. One of the first two matches included Johnny Rods. Uh, that uh, was yep, the tryout yep. match. Yeah. Johnny Rods, later on Steve Lombardi. Those guys were the talent evaluators. This guy's worth booking again. This guy's shit. Right. Okay. Yeah, and it, it just it was just a different feel. There was a there was electric in the building, and you could feel but again, you saw building. Johnny Rods lose three quarters of his matches. As a fan, oh, he sucks. Right. Yeah, but as a worker or as a trained a trained performer in the business, now you're learning real quick. Johnny Rods was the, the main scout. Right. He was the guy on the card. 
<laughs> he was the guy that Senior went to and said, is this guy worth booking again? Is it, Does he draw money? Is he is he shitting the bed or is he popping the crowd? Right. And and they and again, Scott Hall was the one that said it on Stone Cold's podcast that when you came in to a new territory, they didn't care what your name was or what your reputation was. A lot of times you would come into the to the territory and and he said it happened a lot during the dark matches before you went to television. Scott also said, you know, I, I debuted in WWE. A lot of people don't remember it, but he lost his very first match as as Razor Ramon in a dark match. And he he couldn't understand why. He's like, I don't understand why. He's like, but and um Kurt Henning was one of the he's like, I don't care what happens out there. When you're done, come right back to me and talk to me. And I mean here. He had the match. Razor walked back through the curtain, said, thank you. You know, I had a great time. You know, hope I did well. Went back to Kurt Henning and, and Kurt Henning said, man, you killed it. You killed it. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I lost. He's like, and yeah, why I know. Is that? It's they not wanted, about wins and losses. It's a fucking work. Right. And they wanted to see what his attitude would be if that happened to him. He's like, they, they wanted to test it. They wanted to see if I was going to be here. And would I, mean, I be yeah. willing to do business? Right. He, he and, started and as a jobber. Around. He started as a jobber. Well, I mean, here, Vince McMahon gave Vince McMahon gave Rocky gave the Rock his tryout match, right? With Lombardi at the at the recommendation of Pat Patterson. Out of respect for Rocky Johnson. Right. Okay. And he's like, um, well, how many matches does he have? This is his first match. Holy shit. Why don't you tell me? I don't want him going out there and stinking up the ring. But he went out there and credited himself. So he got booked again. Right. And he learned. And he, right. And he learned from guys who knew. Lombardi knew. But then again, who trained Lombardi? Johnny Rods. Johnny Rods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Who was the other guys that were always the, the scout talents? Estrada. Scout talents. Um, Jose Luis Rivera. No, Rivera started out as a rookie. They used to put him in with Estrada and Rods. Right, right. The person, yeah. I, the person I used to see in the ring, but he was a jobber. It was Bobby Starr. Yeah, but again, you, you look at guys that they would bring in every so often just to see what they looked like. Right. Once you watch the whole Madison Square Garden shows or the Spectrum shows. You didn't know that Greg Gagne worked Madison Square Garden. No, well, you, you see them, idea. you see them on primetime TV, the jobbers. But when when it comes to the main event, they always have a big pay per view event or something like that. They, you have to go and buy a ticket and go see them. You know. Did you notice? Right. Did you notice you never saw George the Animal Steel prior to 1984? You never saw George the Animal Steel work in the winter time. Or the fall. Why mm. was that? The only time you saw George Steele on TV and in the arenas was in the summertime. Yep. He's a high school yep. principal. He couldn't get out of work. Right, right. He couldn't, yeah, he, couldn't he was get a, out of work. Hang on. He was a, a college professor. Right. Well, he went on to be a college professor, yes, but he started. Right. And, and Princeton University and Princeton University in New Jersey. Yeah, but that's why he was able to work more because as a college professor, you had TAs, you had assistant professors, right. you were able to get more time. Yeah. Right. Okay. 
Again, and, when and, he first when he first started out, and later on as his career started winding down, you didn't see Bill Eady working a whole hell of a lot in the fall and the winter. No, teaching school, nope. right? Yeah, right there in Princeton. And, 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 and another guy that, that I, I saw religiously at the Spectrum that was a heck of a worker. And, again, if you want to count wins and losses, probably won one match in the three years that I was there. And I think it was when he teamed with Andre the Giant. That was S.D. Jones. But yeah. who trained S.D. Jones? Johnny Rods. But S.D. was also a talent evaluator. Yes. And he could work. The guy could work. Yep. Oh, we like SD Jones. SD, what do you think of this kid? Book him again. He's right. a good kid. He's working. Or on rare occasions, he should save your money. Right. Because if you take a look at, you know, I mean, here, now you got these indie promoters. Half these fucking guys are cashing in their tax returns to run a show. Okay. You got these guys that are paying these kids nothing. $20, $10, and they're claiming, well, you're paying your dues. Bullshit. You go back to the old days when they were drawing in arenas, and guys were making a buck and a half, 200 Top guys were making in the thousands. Yeah. Why? Because they drew. You know, you put, you put 17000 22000 into Madison Square Garden. Average ticket price was $8. All right. But that's still a $19,000, $20,000 gate. Right. Not to mention concessions and, and merchandise. The merchandise, yes. All right. So twenty two grand. And if you've got to give if you've got to give eight away to the boys, you're still making 14 G's. Right. Pay your tax to the athletic commission. You walk away with about 10, 12 grand. For a night's worth of work. To run one show per right, month. Right, one show. Right. Now yeah, that's per month there. And you multiply it across the territory by about 10. Okay, so you run 10 shows a month across the territory, right? 10 shows a month across the territory. Each one you each one you might make you might clear between six and ten G's. All right, that's about 40 grand, 50 grand a month. Yeah. Times 12 months is $600,000 in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Now these guys draw 150. We had a sellout crowd. Bullshit. <laughs> it's not hard to sell out 150 people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I want to say something about what I heard on Tuesday night. Okay, by uh, Tora. She said that place was packed. Look at the pictures. There was nobody on the other side of that ring. Yeah. Yeah, it was not packed. It wasn't packed. No, the AEW taping down there was not packed at all. Right. Yeah, I know they, they, it was fifteen hundred people in a nine thousand seat arena. Yeah. I said, "Well, these people, what was he talking about? The, the arena was packed." Uh, I saw the picture. The whole one section was uh, there was nobody there. I said, "Oh man." They all got him on one side. That's all. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's all That's all they showed you was from the one side. Right. Impact brand, Hoffman Estates, way back in the day. Okay. Victoria, Tara, worked her ass off 
to sell tickets, right? Right. Mm -hmm. 10,000, 12,000 seat arena, they sold about six. Primarily <laughs> through her efforts. But after the non televised card was over and they were doing the taping, guess what they tell you over the PA? Anybody wants to stay from taping, come on down front and fill up every seat available. Why? So that TV looked full. Right. So, yeah. So, production, right. yeah. So the production looked good. Uh, we, he dropped out again. Yeah. But, but you know, she, she, when she talked about that, she said, oh, man. Where are all these people at? You know? <laughs> right. No, AEW is, is definitely in trouble. I, I don't want to say they're on life support just yet. Yeah. But yeah, AEW is definitely in trouble for sure. Mm -hmm. They 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 gotta get their 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 shit together. Yeah, you're not gonna see it. No, no, we're not. I just you know I I just want I don't know, I want more competition. You know, and again, growing up in the territory days, and you're not gonna see it. Yeah, it's that's the problem. I just wish we would. Like I I I want to. You know, and I think it would do the business. Great, like it would it would help out tremendously, but yeah, you're right. We're we're not we're not going to see it, and we're, and we're definitely not going to see the, the the cross promotions like we did, like with Super Clash and the biggest and, problem since Vince Junior took over the territories, and he took over by poaching every big talent they had. Okay, the biggest problem you're going to see is you don't have the cooperation. Right, That's number yes. one. Right. Okay. Corrigan is trying to bring back the territory, but he's only got a couple of promotions under his belt right now. How successful is that going to be? Who the fuck knows? Yeah. I hope Hopefully it's very it successful. Is. Yeah. I, I but really each promoter within the quote unquote territories is only booking NWA signed talent. You're kidding yourselves. Right. It's not the territories. Territories were a bunch of homegrown guys. Okay, and you had their main champion who would go against the world champion. Right. You know who's running a territory still? Greg Anthony down in Dyersburg and Ripley, Tennessee, with Pro Wrestling Mid-South. He's running a territory. Wow. Okay, because he runs every week, Friday night in Ripley, Saturday night in Dyersburg, occasional Thursday in Memphis. He's running a territory. And he's feeding into the AIWF, of which he's the world champion right now. Wow. So it, makes, it makes sense. You know, what I tried to do with the North American, uh, with WAW North America, was that same type of concept that I met up with nothing but resistance. Because there were guys that were afraid that I was going to become too good. So they had to sabotage my show on purpose. So fuck you guys very much. Because I'm not going anywhere. Okay. It only goes to show you that I did a good job that night. Right. Because we drew 462 out of 500 seats that we had set up. And we had a Ben Sevenfold down the street that same night, Impact in town, and two other Indies going. 
So to the guys that try to sabotage my show, again, I say, fuck you very much. <laughs> and I don't give a shit what you think. Right. I and, damn near and- died. I'll tell you something. You guys have have what happened to me happen to you. Try to stay as positive as I've been. Come back and fucking talk to me. Until then, you're not in my league. Right. No, Period. Absolutely. No, I, I, the champions that were crowned that night, at a night to remember, last July, were given carp wants to defend their titles everywhere. Some have, some haven't. All right, we'll have to adjust that. And we'll have to see if there's going to be a, a WAW North America going forward. There might be, there might not be. If there's not, okay, it was a great thing while it lasted. Right. Not a fucking problem. Because I'm not going to jeopardize my working relationship with Ricky Knight for anybody. And if there is one, I'm going to be there as a general manager. And I'm going to make sure <laughs> everything does it right. Oh, good Lord, I got to pay this. I got to pay this fucking guy a booking fee? Yeah, you do. Oh, that's another fucking 500 out of my pocket. Fucking no, no, Josh has just fly me in. I will do anything for you. I don't want no money off you because you're a friend of mine. Good Lord. So basically, I got to fly you in through Spirit Airlines, huh? Right. Well, Frontier. One of the Spirit Airlines. Well, dude, that is my first time flying down here, and I loved it, and I'll be flying home on Thursday morning, and I'll be home on next Thursday. On this I mean, here I said, I went, when I was driving, and I, when I will be driving again, once I get my bionic shit, yeah. I would do the Memphis run on a weekend. I, I drive down seven and a half hours on a Friday, work Ripley, stay overnight, work Dyersburg. I'm back, leave at 5 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, get my ass back to Chicago by 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And yeah. stopping off for breakfast or wherever. Right. Okay, why? Because that's what you do. Yeah. Okay. There was one night I was booked only in Dyersburg. I happened to get. I happened to be early on the card. Asked the promoter, I said, do you need me to, for the remainder of the card? No, is it okay if I... Since I'm done, is it okay if I head home? Sure, brother, head on home. I drove seven and a half hours straight through at nine o'clock at night. Shoot. Stopped off for breakfast, got home at eight o'clock in the morning. It was a 22-hour turnaround. Wow. Why? Because that's what you do. That's what you, yeah. That's yeah. what they did in the territory days. These fucking kids wouldn't know the territories were like if it bit them on the ass. No. Now they want to know, so uh, what are they paying me? What, what's my... What's my uh uh what's my rate? Does that include trans and hotel? Fuck off, trans and hotel. Uh, and directions how to get there. <laughs> get in the goddamn yeah. car. I mean Rip Rogers even said it. He said, you know, back in the territory days, you had guys piled into a car. Yeah. Five, six guys in a car, heels in one car, baby faces in the other car. Okay, and they would go from town to town to town. Go to the town, work a show, stay over someplace, all six in one room. Work another show, make another town. And talk business in the car on the way to the town. That's where the education was. Yeah, And talk about about what you're going to do in the ring and all all this stuff, you know? Because they had to call it the ring. Right. They were in separate locker rooms. 
that that's what Stone Cold was talking about when he would drive. You know, they would drive from Texas to Oklahoma to Kansas for literally for fifty bucks. You would spend probably fifteen or twenty of that in you know gas or hotels or whatever. By the time you split everything, he's like, I'm doing all this for twenty five dollars, but it's what I got to do. If this is the business I'm in, this is what this is what I got to do. I mean, here. The whole idea of it used to be, well, before Mr. Bachwinkle passed, the opening banquet at the Cauliflower Alley Club every year was called the Baloney Blowout. And what that is, is that was an homage to the old territory days when the boys would get together, okay? And as they're driving to another town, you they would chip in for a case of beer, lunch meat, and a couple of loaves of bread. And they'd eat in the car on the way to the next show. Or on yeah. the way to the next town. Okay, that was called the baloney blowout. And that's, like you said, that's how you save money. Because guess what? That's how they fed their families. That money had to, part of that money had to go home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes it did. I mean, now you get these kids, it's not their fault entirely. They don't know any better. They're not, they're, they weren't trained in the old school days. Majority of the guys training right now ain't been in the business more than, than 10, 15, 20 years. Seeing getting a trainer that's been in more than 20 years is rare right now. Y- or yes, it knows it what is. the fuck he's talking about is rare right now. I mean, I, I look at Sam Shaw's school down in Florida. Great school. Just opened up. Great school. Why? Because the coaches are good. Sam knows what the hell he's doing. Tommy Latimer knows what the hell he's doing. Okay. Why did the smoking guns get hired right away? Because Jody Hamilton knew what the fuck he was doing. Why did Miro, why did Miro Rusev get signed right away? Because Rikishi knew what he was doing. Same thing with his kids, with the Usos. I mean, it's no right. fucking secret how these guys, uh, how these kids get get signed quickly. And the guys are going, you better be in the business 20 years before you catch a break. Fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, I know guys well, have been in business for nine months that caught that, that got their push. Right. Ray Trailer was in nine months before Star K eighty six. Yeah. Okay. Now he showed his he showed his greenness by not catching Jimmy. <laughs> but he was there. He was there, yeah. Why okay, was he there? Chaz. Chaz, hold up for a minute. I just gotta say we got only got a couple minutes left. I said I talk to you guys next week. Next Thursday, and I'll be back in Jersey. And I make sure I bring the sunshine back up there for everybody up there. Make sure you bring that Royal Rumble title with you. Shine that yeah. sucker up. I yes. will. I'm going to bring it back. And the worst come the worst, win the 24 7 title. There you go. Because you know, many people <laughs> be looking for your ass. I got I, I got to find uh, Nikki Cross. Uh, yo, we got garbage can out so I can pull it out of the garbage so I can r- run with it. Oh my God! Here we go. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, but I think we have reached the the end of our show. I want to thank everybody who's got we have participated. It was a great show tonight. Had a lot of fun. You um, know, usually I don't of, like I don't like working blue, but uh, like I said, these fucking hackers really brought out the bad side of me that's over the right. last couple of weeks. <laughs> that's fine. So tonight was my night to get it all out and vent. So, like I said, to anybody that. Doesn't like the way I was talking tonight. Fuck you. (laughs) 
That's all we can say. That's it. Yeah. But thank you guys. I appreciate your time. And, you know, don't forget to tune in Tuesday night um, for In the Room with Brady Hicks. And just check out VOC Nation. We do have shows literally running Monday through Friday. Um, check in for their times and their time slots and stuff. We'll be right back here um, Thursday night at 8 o'clock, you know, to do this all over again. Talking post-Royal Rumble and results and maybe some more fallout from the Vince McMahon lawsuit and allegations that were levied today against him. Wow. And, put, and, put, and plus, I uh, will be on talking about the, the Royal Rumble, the, the Royal Rumble, and plus uh, the Monday Night Raw I'm going to. Let's do for the guy with the yellow bandana and the yellow T-shirt that ride a mini on it. I'm running wild in Canada. Can't, can't wait. He did some friends on 12 gimmicks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, guys, have a great night, and we'll talk to you next week. It is a total package. Lex Luger, you're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. VOC Nation's own Stroh Maestro suffered a major medical and financial catastrophe this year from the VOC Nation family. To all of you, please continue to pray for Stroh Maestro for his continued recovery. You can also donate to his cause, paypal.me slash The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In The Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kazzy Fist, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests. Like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer, The Maestro, former Impact performer, Wes Frisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor, Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality, Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOC Nation. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my...
Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's... Uh, He's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll send it, Bill. I've searched the world, and I finally found a true world champion. I finally found... Uh, what's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing there. Bruno was an early champion. Yeah. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Actor, and once again, we're speaking here with Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did you have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is that the rules, as I always understood them, was that the title could only be lost by 10 or or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro, talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, VOCNation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation.